There you go, Sean. Good job. Are, <laughs> welcome, welcome back to Still Talking Uncut Podcast. We're your hosts, Big Easy, Sean Rigsby. Sorry we wasn't here last week. Um, we won't even say why. You know why. You know who we're going to blame. So, I don't blame you. I blame the same damn person every time. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, we're, uh, we're grateful enough to be joined by special guests, Wild Bill and Rachel, Master Distiller winners. The first couple on the show. The first couple on the show. Yeah, it was the first time we've had four people on the show. So if you don't count when Sean's boss comes running in. (laughs) Uh, You shouldn't, but we'll see. We won't won't hold that against him. We'll see. We'll see. It's uncut, so you never know. At least he knows who his boss is, right? Oh, yeah. We all know. know, Also, it's not Johnny Law, right? (laughs) That's right. You know, when you got a little one, that's your boss. (laughs) That's right. So. I know exactly where you're coming from, brother. <laughs> even yeah. when they get older, they're still your boss a little bit, even though you try to boss <laughs> it up. But. Yeah. I know. Hey, good times. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks. Hey, Absolutely. so uh, let me start. Um, what are we all yeah. drinking tonight? Well, easy. You can go ahead and go. Apple brandy. Apple brandy. Oh. On the rocks. Sean, how about you? <laughs> I'm drinking some of... Uh, uh, George Rose's label, Pap K- or Pop Casey's, old uh, Kentucky 31, nine grain moonshine from uh, nine family distillery. Yep, it's uh, there's a lot going on, but it's pretty decent. It's a uh, hundred proof, I think. Yep, I like the uh, bottle and the label, that's pretty cool looking. What do you yes, have? I'm sitting here having a little bit of aged single malt corn that was given to me by a friend of mine from Arkansas. Well, and I am having just some good old-fashioned sour mash. I'm a stickler for um, budgeting, so, hey, sour mash is good. <laughs> Redo the mash, right? You know, it, um, somebody messaged me earlier, like, hey, man, I got this, uh, I think it was blue corn. Like, um, I'm, I'm on my seventh gin. Should I keep running it? Like, yeah, get everything you can out of that right. blue corn. Like, you spend that extra money for that good heirloom corn. Ain't nothing wrong with trying yeah. to sour mash it ten times if you can get it to go. <laughs> if you yeah, want to fight it's it, a lot. So. <laughs> yeah, most I ever done it was three. But if it's really expensive grain, yeah, I'm gonna try to squeeze every ounce out of it. Every ounce out of it, <clears throat> yeah. So, so, do it. You know, if if you if you can do it and you got the patience, then you go on ahead and you do it. So. Yeah. Yep. But uh, so, um, tell us a little bit about how you guys got started. Well, with me, uh, it's a. I'm 56 years old. It started about 1982, believe it or not. Uh, yeah, I was born. It's a good year. Yeah. That's a good year. A, I would have yeah. twinkle my daddy's eye. At that point. <laughs> That's a good yeah. year. Sean's always the youngest. Oh, yeah. Whooper snappers, man. I'm old, See, dude. But you, you got to watch what you say because Sean's uh, kid ears, you know, you don't want to yeah. get him in trouble. <laughs> A friend of mine, we were hunting, we were squirrel hunting like, you know, kids did back in the early 80s, late 70s and all that. You know, we stayed outside. We didn't, you know, we didn't stay in the house. We weren't house kids. And we happened to walk up on a guy that was running a steel, you know, it was mid-October, end of October. And you down here in South Alabama, Central Alabama, you know, our season runs a little bit longer than, you know, you guys up north, but... Uh, 
it scared the hell out of us and uh, he got on to us and told us we better not say anything and uh, he was well known in the community and and of course we didn't and uh as time went on the other boy that was with me he moved off and uh, as time went on i was about maybe 13 years old at the time and i didn't have driver's license or nothing well, you know, fast forward two or three, four years, I got my driver's license, and he come up to me wanting to know if uh, I want to do a little bootlegging because the county just west of here is, was dry at the time. And uh, you know how kids are, you know, teenage boy. I'm like, <laughs> sign me up. And uh, <laughs> yeah. went over there and dropped it off to a guy and come back, and he gave me 40 bucks. And in 19... I don't know, 80 what? What? I don't know. 84, maybe, 85, somewhere in that neighborhood. 80, 84, somewhere in that neighborhood. Gas was 89 cents a gallon. A six pack of beer was like two bucks. A pack of cigarettes was 70 cents. $40 was a lot of money. Damn, and that's when the yeah. kids were born, too, back then. So as time went on, you know, <laughs> I kept aggravating him about letting me get involved in the process because. <clears throat> I was just, you know, wanting to figure it out. And uh, he brought me in, and uh, hell, we loved stuff. It was tough back then. Nowadays, you know, it's a lot different than it was back in the early 80s or the mid-80s. You know, we was out on the, in the woods, you know, way off, because back then deer hunting was big, and a lot of people were in the woods coon hunting and squirrel hunting and fishing on the creeks. You know, kids would wade the creeks. People would paddle the creeks. So you had to be more careful back then. And uh, it was a lot of work, man. We would tote stuff in the wood, sugar and corn, and we towed our water in because, you know, we a lot of times we're set up on the edge of a, you know, a pretty big creek or something. You didn't want to draw water off for your grains on that. But he finally got, you know, where <clears throat> he showed me how, well, you know, how you did it. And that's how I got my start. And then along comes graduation, along comes work, along comes building the house, along comes kids, and you get out of it for, you know, 20 years probably. And then a, a buddy of mine wanted to make some, we live right here by Chilton County, and they're famous for peaches. And he wanted to make a peach brandy and asked me if I knew how, and I said, yeah. So we went over and got some peaches, mashed them in. We had a little piss pot still that goes on your stove. And believe it or not, stuff come out pretty damn good for as small as it was. You know, a little five-gallon steel. Didn't have a thumper or nothing on it. And uh, we run off a little bit of peach, and that lit the fire again. So then <laughs> she come in. I, <laughs> That's all it takes. <laughs> yeah, you know, wanted to start doing it a little bit. And she was interested in it. And you guys know it's not hard to make. <clears throat> I mean, it's yep. – I mean, you know, it's, it's not it's like riding a bike. And I was always his gopher. So go get me this, go get me that. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, I kind of well, you got to start somewhere. Osmosis. Mm -hmm. It just kind of sunk in. Yeah, That's I wanted cool. to get a bite out of the the reality of it. It's not, you know, you know, nowadays it's, I, you know, we've lost a lot of. I'm afraid a lot of the original heritage. You know, people do it, man. Which I don't blame them. You know, you can. You can buy quality stuff now. You can get good steels, you know, 15, 20 gallon range, and you can do that in your backyard, in your basement, or in your garage. But back when I got started, it was taboo. Uh, 
and you know, it was highly secretive. I made that man a promise that I'd never tell on him. I'd never mention his name. He's dead and gone now. And I still, she don't know who it was. <laughs> I have, I, I, I'll take that to my grave with me. I made him a promise and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live by that. Um, um, so, but yeah, uh, just an old backwoods moonshiner from central Alabama down here in the southern end of the Appalachians. Yeah, there's a there's a pretty decent heritage down there. Yeah, in Alabama, especially the county in which we live. We we live in Coosa County, which is dead in the middle of the state. You know, and uh, I think we said it on the show. It's the heart of the heart of Dixie, yeah. right slap dab in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of moonshine heritage down here. You know, I've got a book in there about Alabama moonshine. It's just about every county, but especially Coosey County. We're a real rural county. There's not but about 9,000 people in this county, 600 and I think 63 square miles. And we live in the woods. I mean, like a, a busy day is like three or four cars that will ride by our yeah. house. Okay. Yeah, we're in the middle of nowhere. That's but, a place to be, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's nice. If you like to hunt and fish and just... It's paradise if yeah. you like to hunt and fish. Oh, uh, yeah. So what's your guys' favorite thing to make? <coughs> oh, let's see. So, you know, of course, most of the old timers around here, they like corn and they like rye. Um, my favorite, actually, believe it or not, sour mash. But um, what's your favorite? Well, you got to make something to make. She likes sour mash I off, of, you know, second, third, you know, run off of grain. But my favorite, uh, what we initially was going to do on the show was peach brandy because we have access to so many peaches and I can buy overripes for like $10 a case and I can fill the back of my truck up for 40, 50 bucks. But you know, it takes a while sometimes for a brandy to, to make, you know, that mash will make, yeah. you know, that, that yeast don't work quite as fast as um, some of the other yeast. So that's why we decided on something else. I made crab apple brandy because a lot of people around here have crab apples. That's just a pain in the butt, you know, to, to take care of a bunch of golf balls. But really and truly, I would say peaches. Peach. Yep. I don't blame you at all. That's After a, my heart loves some peach brandy. <laughs> yeah. It's good stuff. It's just so easy. You know, you don't have to put a bunch of sugar to it. You know, mm -hmm. it comes out smoother. I don't like to use a lot of sugar. The more you step on it, the sweeter it gets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. True. And I like mm -hmm. to age mine. I like, you know, aging it and, um, so I would say peach brandy for me. And a lot of times we can get a good deal on peaches around here. We know a farmer that has a peach farm and um, he'll let us have his overripes pretty cheap. And, you know, it's better to have them real ripe anyway. So. Oh yeah. You don't have to wait. Really you don't, you don't have to do the old freezer trick, you know, yeah. <laughs> just yeah, you get them and they're ready to go. So nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with them. It's just that a lot of people from up North, we live right on the edge of I-65 and that takes people to the Gulf. We're like, 220 miles from the Gulf, or actually 200 miles, or exit 205. So 200 miles from the Gulf, and a lot of those people from up north, when they stop by these produce stands, they don't want them, you they, know, overripe bruised peaches. Yeah, they don't want no bruises. Got to so, be pretty. So they don't really have anything. They make ice cream out of them at some of these fruit stands and jellies mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But they have so many of them. I can, if I give him a heads up, yeah. he'll. You'll That's because uh, up here, up here north, you know, every time we see peaches, they're in the store and they're beautiful. You know, yeah. so yeah. we're not used yeah. to them overripe. They get overripe, they pull them and send them mm -hmm. off wherever. But so everybody coming down there, they want them peaches. They want um, people want them hard. Or, 
you know, some people up here like to eat their peaches, you know, not ripe. I say not ripe. Like, <laughs> yeah. So. They make, they're perfect for making wine and brandy. So. Mm-hmm. Well, that's some peaches. That's right. Um, so, uh, how did um, how did you go about getting on the show? Did they approach you guys? Did you guys approach them? No, actually. Okay, so I'm scrolling one day through the internet, and I found, um, you know, where they were doing it, like a casting call, and you know what I'm talking about, Sean. And um, so I put his name in the hat because he's always loved the show. We both love the show. And uh, I put his name in the hat and just thought, you know, just try it and see. And then one day they gave him a call. And uh, I didn't put my name in the hat. I kind of Forrest Gumped my way in it. But anyway, tell them them what happened. So when you got the first call. Well, they sent us... I was out here cutting the grass or so. We had, we had just got back from the summer jam in Maggie Valley. And I had, I had been talking to Brian Battle. And uh, he was from Alabama at the time when he was on the show. He's moved to Florida now. And I was telling him, I said, you know, I, I did my interview, uh, my video interview deal, you know, that you sent to him back December of that year. And uh, I said, man, I don't get serious on the room, you know. And he said, I'm going to tell you, brother. He said, when they call you, he said, they'll call you like on a Wednesday or Thursday, and they'll want you there on Monday. I said, well, I hadn't heard nothing. He said, well, you know, just hang in there. <clears throat> and sure enough, we hadn't been home. I was cutting grass. And uh, I saw a weird number on my phone from New York. Was it a text you got or a phone call? I can't remember. It was either remember. a phone call or a text, but it was a weird number, and I, I called it, and it was this dude, you know, he was with McGill Entertainment. And he wanted to know if I was, you know, interested in, still interested in coming on the show. I said, heck yeah. And they were wanting me to do something with, <clears throat> I can't remember if it was, I believe it was gin. Something we don't make. And yeah. I said, man, I ain't never made that. You know, I said, I, I said, I don't even drink gin. I, you know, I never made it. And I said, if I'm on, you know, I said, I'd rather do something. I said, y'all hadn't got anything. He said, well, we're working on something, a family feud edition. He said, do you have anybody in your immediate family that has ever distilled with you? And I said, my wife, he said, do you think she would be interested in coming on the show? And I said, well, I'll have to get with her on that. So I asked her and she said, heck yeah. So, you know, she had to get everything cleared with her job and all that. So that's how she got on so there. So here enters Forrest Gump into the competition. <laughs> I didn't really apply <laughs> for it, but I ended up on it. Yeah. But it was great. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Oh, yeah. We had a ball now. I, you know, I'd love to get back on there in some other capacity. Yeah, that would be great. But, but that's how she got on there. So we, and Brian was right. You know, it was like on a Thursday or something. They sent us a COVID test, you know, and we yep. COVID had test. Had to doodle our nose, you know, right in front of the camera, you know. Yeah. You know took, the it, took it to the FedEx people the next day, and they shipped it back, and they gave us the okay. And I believe we were in the on in the wind on Sunday or Monday. Yeah. Yeah, we took it right off. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I had, uh, I believe I had two weeks. Yeah. I had uh, just enough time to do two different barrels, and uh, one of them, I, it was just fucking piss, and the other one, I didn't get a chance to run off. Did yeah. you know? Did you it know what you was, was going to make before you went? No. Well, no. I, I was. Well, they sent us our itinerary. You know, emailed us what what our episode was going to be about, and luckily, they told us it was going to be like a four man, a four day fermentation. 
And I was like, damn, I can't get peaches to ferment. I'm afraid four days, you know. So we just went with a cooking malt, and I made a mountain brandy, you know, something we've done a million times before. I put apples and pears and uh, malty corn, wheat and barley in there. and Chunked a few raisins in there, um, you know. Stayed light on the sugar and uh, throwed the yeast to it. Luckily, it worked off, you know, in the, in the time period. So we went from, you know, the, the contest – was just use your uh, family heritage recipe, you know, family tradition type deal. And uh, her grand, her great grandfather used to make whiskey here in the county, and he it was actually uh, a triple malt whiskey sort of in honor of what he had made years ago. Oh, just that's cool! More modern twist to it. You know, we used flake grains, and he would have used, you know, he would have had the malt of his grains in the creek and dried them mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And we didn't go through that process, but basically the same thing. Yep. I know where we're at. Um, you know, he could attest to it too. Um, you know, we couldn't mold our stuff here, but, you know, there's really no point. We got, you know, brew shops right up the road. Uh, you know, or, you know, there's liquid enzymes and shit out now that you can just, yeah. you know, just dump it in and roll with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's come a long way. That's what <clears throat> I was referring to earlier. Like, you know, it's, you got better equipment today. You got more access to better grains and better water and better yeast. You got meats. You know, back in the day, I can't tell you what kind of yeast we were using. It was yeah. just in a fruit uh, cork jar. That's you know, that's one of the, the biggest advancements with technology that you see is yeast. Yeah. You know, um, the strands of yeast. You know what? Yeah. What different types of yeast do, and what are what are good for different what, what? you want to what you want to achieve. Yeah, and believe it or not, when we would do a brandy back then, or not necessarily brandies as much, but muscadines and blackberries, we would use wild yeast. You know, you would just mash that stuff in and get it hot and let it sit, and it would ferment on its own. Oh, yeah. Uh, Well, you got a story for them, too, if you want to get ahead and talk about it. Natural ferment? Yeah. You know, yeah, like I acquired a bunch of uh, spent grapes from a winery, and... I threw water and sugar on them. I was like, I'm going to come out tomorrow and use them. I used them tomorrow when they cool down. It's late. And I come out the next day, and they're just full working cap off yeah. and everything. Yeah, it'll, it'll and work. I'm, I'm pawing at it, and it's just, <laughs> you know, I'm fizzing up. I'm sending videos of Sean. I'm like, man, I ain't got to use no yeast. I'm just going to let this stuff ferment. And it fermented really quick, and yeah. it was it was crazy. It was, a, it was an awesome way to learn about, you know, natural yeast, like, hey, it will take over, you know, give it time. It'll take yeah. over. Yeah. You just give it time. That's what a lot of people don't realize when our Scott Irish ancestors came here to the new world. I doubt very seriously. Them boys was toting a barrel of yeast with them. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, we used to feed Pawpaw's hogs. And if you left corn in a trough that was wet in about three or four days, that stuff started souring up and, you know, yeah. it get to bubbling. Yeah. <laughs> hogs get drunk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> drunk hogs. Yeah. Like, it, we it had a pet take, hog that used to get drunk. Yeah, we yeah. sure did. We it doesn't take get... much to turn stuff into alcohol, you know. I was, I was like twenty something years old, and I found a old bottle of uh, grape juice, uh, juicy juice, in the back of my back seat of my truck, underneath. It had to be a couple years old, and I was real thirsty, and I didn't care. <laughs> I popped it open, and then it had oh, some I alcohol in it, just right. sitting in there all that time. And <laughs> 
I caught a good buzz off of it. Like I didn't expect that, you know. Making that jailhouse wine. Yeah, it, was, it just it just fermented from being in there so yeah, long. Yeah. I don't know how long it was in there, but I found that ju that jug of juice and I drank it. You know, when you're thirsty enough, you don't care. So yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's true or not. I mean, I've never really put much thought into it, but the old guy that taught me told me if you that's why they used to open air fermentation. The yeast you would pour in it, and you leave the oak. You left it open. They didn't give a dang about mosquitoes and uh, yeah stuff getting in it, you know. And they said because that wild used to help it work faster. I don't know if that's true or not. It may be, it may not be. That's just an old tale that they use. You know, hey, leave them. You they didn't want to cover it up. You know, we didn't put them no. in. We left it open. Now, when you guys do your sour mash, do you dump the hot beer over yeah. into the so so then you have to re-add your yeast then. Or do you just wait till it's like about half what you did it. the last time? Yeah, only about half. Okay, because you yep. still got some yeast in there. As long as you, as long as you let you, you slop when you drain, you, you know, open your slop valve on your pot. Is yep. I let that sit for a little while, let it cool let off. It cool down. You know, it comes yeah. off that steel. It's two hundred degrees. <laughs> and uh, hell yeah, let it, you know, let it sit till it gets down to about, you know, ninety degrees, something like that. Pour it to it. Add mm -hmm. about half the sugar that you would before. You know, I don't use a lot of sugar. And uh, add a little more sugar to it and chunk a little yeast to it, and it kicks back up. Oh, yeah. Um, Sour mash is an acquired taste. You either like it or you don't. Yeah, you either like it or you don't. <laughs> and, and you that's don't the way like, it is like with it. sour mash. I like you it. Know, like, it's, like, it's like a dry wine. Like, you either like a dry wine or right. you don't. You know, yeah. there's no in between. <laughs> I don't like dry wine, so. But you know, in 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 certain days and times, you know, that's uh, sour mash the way to go. You know, oh yeah, want to spend extra money. You it's know, just the old traditional way of saving money. That's right. Now yep. I'm a tight wine, so I like to save money. Now I tell you what, I have done with it before. I have taken that sour mash and blended it, you know, with something else. Yep. You know to. Because I'm I'm sort of like you, Easy. I, I'm not real crazy about a sour mash. You know, it's got that. I don't know how would you describe it. Just a, dry, like you said. Yeah, it's just mm -hmm. a little funky to me. You know, it, it, it's different. You know, like yeah. it's got it's got a twang. It's got its own twang. Yeah, and you either like like I said, you like it or you don't. Yeah, and it's it's just the way it is. You know, that's what's so awesome about it. Like you either you love it, make it. You know, and and you can make it, but. I guess you could always, you know, redistill it and mix it. And, yeah, clean it you know, up. Yeah. Clean it up, you know, make it to where it's a, more of a neutral spirit. You know, for mm -hmm. me, that's probably the way I would go. <laughs> so I just, you know, I'm not a, I'm not about redistilling, but, you know, when it comes to sour mash, I'd probably redistill it just because that's my thing. Yeah. <laughs> the key yeah. from redistilling it, that's when I'll blend it with something. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. and then it's like, all right. Make some apple pie with this. You'll never know. It's there just it, it's great. So, so, so do you uh, do you run? Do you guys run a thumper or do you uh, yeah. read uh, sometimes do stripping runs or? I believe it or not, never had done a stripping run. Now, when we went on the show, that was our first run was a stripping run. Mm -hmm. So I had because see, was yeah. it for you, Tayshawn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can understand why a big distiller like Jack Daniels or somebody like that would strip because they got all this grain, you know, in storage, so they want to get the alcohol out of it, you know, and then do, you know. But is, when you're talking, it's just, I, the best I can remember the steel that we fooled with back in the early '80s was 40, 45 gallons, 55 gallon drum, mm -hmm. and, and you would have a little left over. Uh, 
so I'm gonna just I'm just guessing 40, 45 gallons because that's been you know so many years ago. Um, but we would run every other day. We had five barrels, and we would okay. mash in every two days. So when you would make a run today, you'd have about two days, and you'd make another run, and you'd have about two days. You make it, and then every time you made a run, you would remash in that first, that barrel. So mm-hmm. during the summer months, it was about three, four days a week. Sometimes yep. on up into t- one, two o'clock in the morning, according because the guy that taught me, he had a full time job, and hell, I was in school except the summer months when you was out of school. So, hell yeah. But yeah, we have a thumper on ours, and if I'm running like sometimes I'll run it single pot, especially a single malt grain like a, a you know a barley or something. I'll run you know or a malted corn. I'll run it single pot to get that flavor in that there. Flavor and brandy. That flavor. I'll run peach brandy. And what I'll do is <laughs> yeah. a, a lot of times people worry about their uh, thumper putting the flavor in their in their whiskey and their alcohol. Just run it single pot and you know, go a little bit slower than you normally would and put those peaches and stuff in that pot. Okay. Yep. You know, they're uh, actually one of the guys that uh, pretty much taught me. They would, uh, they don't run a thumper. Um, and what they would, well, what, what they would do is they, they strip their shit and then they throw it all back in. Then they'd cut peach, peaches up and throw them in the pot. Yeah, on the on the uh, back and run. Yeah. So, I've never threw any any solids in the pot like that. But I mean, hell, I'd assume they'd, you know. The only thing you have to watch out for is you just have to back off that heat. You know, it's uh, you you don't want to scorch it. Yeah. If if any of that stuff gets to the bottom and you got that fire, you know, really rolling. Wound up. Yeah, you can you can you can really make a, a mess out of something. But if you just go low and slow with it. You know, I've never had a problem with it, but, you know, it's funny sometimes that, you know, people got these infusers and all that. And if you put something in that thumper and you run that, and you light that fire, the heads and all that kills whatever flavor you're going to get out of that thumper. Mm-hmm. And then they put the infusers on them, which that's a pretty good idea. But the I tend to always go back to the old ways. You know, that, that's, that was working longer than all this new stuff. <laughs> yeah. Just run it single pot, you know, put your flavor in there and put some of those peaches in your pot. You don't have to put the whole, all of them in there. You can, you know, and a lot of times, you know, once that, when you look at your cap and stuff like that, a lot of those peaches will float to the top anyway. Oh, yeah. Especially if you cap it. Go ahead. You're good. I was going to say, especially if you, you know, wait a little bit later to cap it up, you know, when it gets hot and, you know, everything kind of starts to roll. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. You know, that's the way we used to do it. And that's, you know, I, I, I run single pot a good bit. Yep. Nothing I, wrong with that at all. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of us uh, home distillers now, you know, we just, we, we make alcohol for ourselves to drink on here yeah. and there. We get bored. So we're like, man, what can I do different? Yeah. What can I add to this? You oh know? yeah. I got some friends we've got that are just all over the map, man. I mean, they're mashing <laughs> in stuff and I'm like, man. But hey, that's good. You know, that's what I want to happen. You know, I want to keep this tradition alive. You know, that's why I'm in it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if we don't keep doing this, you know, that's something that'll die. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, knowledge that's not shared is a waste of knowledge. That's right. That's true. Yep. And, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, like the old ways, you know, and a lot of people are, 
love the new ways, you know, um, technology is a big thing. And, uh, some people are against it. A lot of people are for it. You know, I feel like new technology really helps with consistency of a product. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and like everything has its place and everything yes. has its place. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, and, and it's all for the person, you know, everything yep. has its place and it's all awesome. I love it all. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I, I love care. every bit of it. I love yeah. everybody. You know, I love it. all. Yeah. It's like old John Bench. You know, he's the flavor guru is what I call him. Uh, I ask him all the time, Hey man, how do you, you know what? Cause see, I never was into that flavoring stuff. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't a market for it down here. Yeah, and I, 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 I just won't just, yeah. And I'm, her. I'm just a whiskey drinker. I don't put ice or nothing in mine. I don't, I like hundred proof whiskey. Um, I don't like not, yeah, I can do 90, but 80, that's getting out of, you know, I understand why these big distilleries go 80, you know, yeah. cause it's more volume, more product. Where do you like your brandy? Um, I, I, everything I do is hundred proof. Okay. And you know, on the show, that was kind of our Achilles heel. You know, you had to flavor it at the end. We don't flavor. So it's like, oh my gosh, we've got to come up with something. <laughs> so it was kind of my idea to like, okay, what does everybody like? Apple pie. Well, mm-hmm. everybody wears out apple pie, but here's the deal. Wild Bill don't like that 50, 60, 70 proof. So he's like, all right, you can do your apple pie. I'm going to do it a hundred proof. So that's what we did. We did a hundred proof apple pie, hot apple pie. Yeah. That's what we call it. Hot apple pie. That's how I like it. Yeah. A little bit of lemon. Well, you know what? Yeah. That's what I tell people. If, if, if it's too dead gum hot, put you a piece of ice in it. (laughs) You know, just put a piece of ice in it. Come on guy. Yeah. You don't have to drink hundred, 110 proof alcohol. If you don't want to. Drop you a cube of ice in it, and then all of a sudden you got sixty proof, and then drink away. But yep. you know, sound advice. You know, you, you yeah. don't like where it is, cool it off. You yeah, know? it don't take much to change yeah. it. You know, if you got something that's that's not strong enough, you just take a little clear and add to it. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's I, all it is. That's, I, I had a guy. I, I had a guy about a month ago. I can't drink that hot stuff. Go I said, let me show you something. <laughs> I come in here and got an ice cube out of the refrigerator. And our ice maker makes it little old bitty round cubes by the big rounds of marble. And I took a shot glass just like that one right there. It had about that much whiskey in it. And I dropped that one cube of ice in it. I said, now give it about three minutes and try it. And he's like, whoa. I said, see? <laughs> there you go. That's amazing what a little bit of water will do. Yeah, that, yeah there you go. Yeah. That's my all night trick. You know, I put some put some liquor on ice in a cup and sip on it for a couple hours. Yeah. By, the, by the end of the two hours, everybody else is really buzzed and you're still <laughs> even killed because you've been drinking uh liquor water on yeah. <laughs> really, really watered yeah. down. Yeah. And it's just it's a way to get by. And then at the end of the night you go really hard and then pass out. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so I was raised up on the hard stuff. That old guy, the old man that told me how to do this, we were in the woods one night, and I mean, we were in the woods. We were actually in a boat. We were on the river, and uh, I said, man, this is a lot of damn work not to get to drinking on this whiskey. <laughs> he looked at me. He said, you know, you're right. He said, get us a drink. Next thing you know, we're camping out in the woods because we got more than a drink. Whoops. So we were just drinking hot liquor. You know, it, it hadn't even been proofed yet. 
So you're probably, after everything's said and done, you're probably looking at 130 proof, you know, whiskey when all of it was poured in because we were running single pot back then using a pound of sugar to every gallon of water. So our gravity would have been about 150. So you're looking at about a 6.5 ABV. So coming mm. off of a single pot, you was about maybe 135, 138. See, we didn't have hydrometers back then. Yeah. And then we he would run it till it got to about 90 proof, and then we shut it off. Now, we'd run the tails and rerun them the second run. Now, that second run, your proof would be real high because you put about two gallons of tails in there. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, we was drinking probably 125 proof, 20 proof, somewhere in that neighborhood. <laughs> Whiskey out in them woods, and uh, it didn't take long. We was, <laughs> my ass was feeling pretty good. <laughs> Doesn't, doesn't take much. Yeah, <laughs> I'm about three yeah. shots. Give me three shots, yeah. and you know, then they call you Big Easy. That's right, <laughs> <laughs> Big Easy, Big Real Easy, <laughs> Real so, uh, so I got we always ask, uh, do you guys have a moonshine about killed me story, oh, or man. or y'all about killed each other over some no, some type of moonshine? We had never been in one fight in our 22 years of marriage. Yeah, and we still fight. We still fighting. That's a slow <laughs> afternoon fight, right here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I had a – I think they asked me that on the show, and it didn't make it on the show. Uh, one of the producers or cameramen – He'll make it on one of them. And, uh, yeah, there you go. We uh, we <laughs> were in the woods one day. We were on the river, and uh, I don't – y'all have armadillos up there in Ohio? Mm-mm. No. Well, we we don't have them as bad now as we did 30 years ago. So we were in the woods and we were had a you know it was dark and we had a steel going and we had two old chairs, a wooden chair set up not far from the river bank. We were running, or we were cooling our worm with a, a car battery and a bilge pump that like okay. goes in no boat. We took the bilge pump out of no runabout boat and. Uh, had a hose running upside the hill, dumped it in the damn worm. And, and my buddy, he, the old man, he, he decided to go to the truck to get a pack of cigarettes. Well, the truck was on the other side of the hill, about maybe 150 yards away. So you had to walk over this hill in hardwoods. Well, I was sitting there and we had, you know, we were cooking on gas back then. We had a homemade gas burner made out of a piece of galvanized pipe, had holes drilled mm-hmm. in it. It's a damn wonder we didn't have an explosion, but we didn't. And uh, all of a sudden, there's the cat. (laughs) We're sitting here, and I'm sitting there in the damn chair, and I hear something in the leaves. And I'm like, what in the world is that? And all, you know, damn old armadillo can't see real good. So that thing had got up in the middle of where we were at. We had like five barrels, and we had a tarp, you know, up over us. Tied off a rope in case it come a rain or something. And that armadillo took off and I fell backwards in that chair. And I come about that close from hitting that pot. And if I'd have hit that pot, you know, we had it sitting up on blocks and rocks, you know. It would have probably dumped it over, which wouldn't have caused, well, I don't know. It probably would have caused an explosion, but never nothing, no fires or, you know, we'd clean out good if we were in the woods, you know, to keep leaves from catching on fire. Yeah. I think the only time with you and I was whenever we shine in the woods and he, he sent me down the creek with a hose, you know, to put it in the creek. 
and there was a snake down there and needless to say i had to come apart and then i come running back and about not the steal over and he's cat. like what are you doing yeah no, there's the cat but anyway i about not the steal over because i about had a heart attack with the snake but i guess that's about the one that almost killed me from a heart attack that is <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't have any like dangerous animals up here like you know nothing you gotta worry about that about, looks you know, pretty dangerous on your shoulder cat. right there big easy yeah if you don't give her what she wants just like you know <laughs> any other cat like, yeah uh, somebody opened the door and let her in here she was <laughs> but now we always make sure everything was clean no you know no dirt dauber's nest no rat nest or nothing in any in the mule head or anything like that so we blow through it pour you know and just run it slow. I've never cooked anything on wood, you know, like popcorn would have done or something like that. I've never, you know, I'd like to do that. That That's, would be cool, wouldn't it? I'd like to build a furnace and build a fire. You know, that would <laughs> that would really be a legacy type, you know, moonshine and then make an all grain. Don't put no sugar or mm -hmm. nothing in it. Even I'd like to sprout my own grains, do it the old fashioned way. You know, I've never mm -hmm. done that. Me and Sean talked about furnace. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mark Rogers does it that yeah. way in the woods, and yeah. that's cool. Yeah, that cool. Live, yeah. <laughs> live in the city, <laughs> so build one in the backyard. I don't care. <laughs> they make it legal here in Ohio. I'm building a furnace out back. So. Yeah. Is it illegal in Ohio? Yeah, but they got a bill in 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 uh in the house that's that'll let us distill two hundred gallons a person a year. Well, you, know, you know, not to change the subject on anything else, but I think I, I agree with that right there. You know, it ought to be a, it's a dead gum shame this day and age. A man can't make just a, you know, I mean, really, the, uh, the, with all the, that's going on in the world, you know. Yeah, the the senator that introduced it was like, look, man, these these laws were enacted to uh, curb organized crime back yeah. in prohibition yeah. times, like. You know, they're, yeah. they're letting you do all uh, wine, beer. Like, man, let us yeah. distill because there's so many people who are higher ups that want to distill. So, you know, they're going to make it happen. You know, when when, right. when the rich want to do it, then, then it's going to happen for everybody else. So, yeah. Yep. Fingers crossed. As long We've as we've uh, been on the downtrot since the show, because, you know, you uh, all eyes are on you once you go on that show. And yeah. Alabama's an ABC state. We have our own ABC law enforcement. And uh, so, you know, you have to be careful. So we, you know, we haven't done anything now in a while. Yeah. I, we're trying to go legal. We're working on that process. That's right. <clears throat> that was that was a question of ours, you know. Um, are, do you have plans on uh, going legal? If so, where? Yeah. You know, yeah. um, are you going to specialize in, in uh, brandy and, and sour mashes, you know, because it's what you like? That's gonna be a that's gonna be in accordance with what the state of Alabama allows you to. I'm not gotcha. really sure um, what the state of Alabama. Uh, I would do a brandy, absolutely, and uh, a traditional corn moonshine, you know, and then probably uh, uh, we're in conjunction with a, uh, our other partners. Uh, they she owns a bar, uh, uh, you know, and they serve cocktails and. Um, one of their, you know, their biggest house pours vodka. So, you know, because we're using the cocktails. So what we would try to do is our house pour would be something that we would make. So that's mm -hmm. going to be a learning curve because to do a vodka, you just about going to have to go with a column type steel. And uh, technology. 
Yep. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I've never run a column style type steel, which it can't be any different than anything else. You know, you heat it up, watch your temperatures, and it's going to do its thing as long as you don't run it too hard. At the end of the day, it's all the same, man. You know, yeah. Right. Yeah. Heat on the bottom, yeah. liquor out the end. That's right. Exactly. So it's not as, it's not as difficult as it, people make it out to be, but you know, it can be difficult to make, make it good. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've never made so. a vodka. I don't know anything about vodka. Me neither. I don't, I mean, I just know it's great. It's neutral. I mean, you know, yeah. I don't know, you know, some, I had anything. some people tell me just make sugar shine. You can make like, anything yeah. in the vodka now, as long as it's 190 proof coming out of the steel yeah. or whatever, whatever they're, they, they call for it to be, you know, like, like bourbon and whiskey, you know, it's all, it's all gotta be that, that way. But you know, we're all hillbillies. Let's just do, we do it our own way, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, this is how I'm doing it. Like but one thing yeah. about going legal, when you go legal, you got to jot everything down, keep up with every, you know, everything, you know, that's, that's going, you know, if that takes place, which I'm sure it will, you know, it'll be a challenge. So are you guys planning on opening a distillery or are you just teaming up with a distillery? that's already open. No, you know, I'd like to team up with the distillery that's already open as well. You know, we we're we're open mm -hmm. to that option as well. But uh, the 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 woman that we're uh, involved with, she actually came to us. We had a watch party at her place, and she said, "Oh man, it's always been my dream to have a distillery." And I said, "Well, let's do it. Let's do you it. Know, I'm gonna jump on the wagon while the wagon's there." You know, you're talking to the right person. Yeah, and. uh so we're in the process of doing that, and uh, I have no idea how long that's going to take. Well, uh, since you're wondering about that, how uh, when do you think your uh, legal run uh, of at a major distillery or Sugarlands will be made? I'm not really sure. Not about sure. That? We're not really hard. I know they're behind, so we're just kind of hanging in there because you know i know they're behind but maybe they'll kick yeah, they'll, up production soon they'll get it when they get it i'm not i'm not concerned about that i'm per, I, i'm absolutely certain they're gonna keep their end of the bargain i know covid probably had a problem with it you know that that slowed things down too but anyway we're just hanging in there you know that's all you can do like a hair in a biscuit <laughs> That's when you ride until you pick it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard anything from them, Sean? <laughs> oh, hold on. I'm sorry. You got to have it all yourself. Bless you your heart. Caught him off the car, Bill. Caught him off the car, He didn't pull that hair out. Uh, you better tell your wife to put an apron on when she makes them biscuits. Uh, next question. Let's go next, next question. Next question. Yeah. <laughs> next question. Uh, so did, did you guys run into any issues when you were on the show? Like with your ferment, with um, you know, yeah. still parts, you know, not having a gasket. Um, uh, about the only uh issue with the fermenting part, we thought it would take a little bit longer, and uh, it worked off extra, extra quick. So we were kind of worried about it sitting on the grain for a while, but it ended up turning out okay. Um, for the actual still pick, I went in and you know and did that, and um. The only thing is, is the guys that went in in front of me, they got all the arms. I don't know what they call them. You know, I just call them the arms, the little square things, you know. Yeah, we, we, and, we all know uh, what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Um, but anyway, they got them all. I didn't have any. So I did find a piece of uh, copper that was kind of like banana shaped. And I thought, you know, and I, he's pretty good at putting crap together. So I thought, well, at least he can maybe link it up with that. So I got that. Well, 
And the other part of getting it, I actually hoarded up all of these clamps and gaskets, you know. And uh, lo and behold, guess what they forgot? They forgot one of those clamps and they needed my clamp and I needed their arm. So we ended up working out a trade <laughs> that worked out really good. I'm, I'm awesome. sure even if you didn't have a clamp for them, they would have given you the arm or, or you would have given them the clamp even if you had Or else we'd have both been disqualified. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. So, you know, it's just, that's how it goes. You know, you guys watch each other's back even though it's competition. Yeah, yeah so, so that yeah. part worked out pretty good. That's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, what they didn't show was um, I forgot a four-inch cap for the thumper. I ah. got the gasket but not the cap. They didn't show that, yeah, which I'm cool with it, you know. I mean, my goal was trying to look like an idiot anyway. Right. <clears throat> I thought I almost squeaked through, but uh, when I when I got to watch the episode, I realized I did. I was just an ugly son of a bitch, but that's okay. Oh yeah, I was nervous <laughs> on the steel pick. I mean, the steels that we were using is clean. Uh, it's really close to the ones you know that we have, but um, I was still nervous because I was like, "Oh crap! If I screw up, guess what? He's gonna constantly be on my ass about it." But uh, I did all right. Yeah, they wanted her to do it, but her being, you know, a woman, and she agreed to do it. And she went in second because we came in second place behind Landon and Jerry on the on that first, you know, that first run. Hey, babe, yeah. I had to do that. And uh, yeah, they made an outstanding run, and so we come in second, and then Kyle and uh, uh, Randy, Randy, the two brothers, they came in third, and. Uh, uh, so we, we it worked out. We we it, we I, we didn't have any problems. Like I say, the only thing we did is the mash worked off a little bit quicker than we had anticipated, and I was afraid that that was going to sit there on the grain because they initially told us we were going to have four days fermentation and ended up being about six because of some uh, some stuff that had happened with the locations, and. Uh, so I was afraid it might be sitting on the grain a little bit too long. But when we got there, when we got back, when we did our first run, I, I went in there and tasted it, and it, you know, it was good. And I said, you know. So it worked out. Um, so you, got, go you know how hot it is on the set. It's just <laughs> excruciatingly hot. So I watched on sweat. Sweat. I mean, <laughs> I was yeah what alcohol yeah it was horrible <laughs> so anyway i was kind of rethinking my look because you know there's not that many women moonshiners and so uh anyway let let it be for me to go to for the danielle parton look all gussied up and everything and then i was th thinking i should have went for the patty Bryan look with just the, <laughs> just the cap and just let it rip because it was hot and i looked like I, I might have went in first, going in looking like Danielle Parton, but then I come out looking like Phyllis Diller by the end of the day. <laughs> it was hot. Come, come out first, you know. That's all that matters. So. Yeah, and we we were we were honored that we did. It was a. Um, I'll be honest with you. People ask me all the time, "Were you nervous?" And I'll be honest with you, I weren't. I wasn't nervous at all. The cameras and stuff, you know, they do a good in They good. They, they do a real good job. At, you know. Making you comfortable. Making you comfortable with all that. And uh, that never did bother me. But what bothered me is I didn't want to be the first person to get eliminated. And I hate it for uh, Kyle and Randy, the two brothers from New Jersey, because uh, 
you know, they're competitors like we are. We're friends with them. They and, were sweet boys. Yeah, they, you know, we, we made friends with them. And, and, and y'all, you know how it is, Sean. When you're up there around all these people, you become friends for life. But when that was the relief right there, when they when they got eliminated from the first round, you know, and it was her and I and then Landon and Jerry, I was like, you know, relieved because, see, Landon, he was a head distiller at Stranahan's in Denver. So I kept telling Rachel, I said, look, if we lose to him, we can fall back on that. You know, he's <laughs> a major distiller. You know, they, you know, he gave me a bottle that's right there on our, in our bar and signed it. Stranahan's a, a single malt whiskey. So I said, hey, you know, if we lose to them, we can, we can, we can live with that. And that's not taking anything away from uh, Kyle and Randy. Because they, you know, they fermented oranges, and that's something I mean, right that's there. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, they they yeah, made it work. Right I mean, there. it worked. I remember when I saw them, saw them mashing that in. I was like, these dudes are fermenting oranges. That's wild. And yeah, I think did. they said that's well, the first time they ever fermented oranges. Yeah, I had never they seen made anything it work like too. Uh, when we got back to the room, everybody's talking about, oh, that ain't gonna work. I'm just like, look, you know good and well, them boys. Ain't come down here because all these that you have to go through to get on the show in the first place, mm -hmm. you know they know how to distill. So I said they've done this before, so they're liable to make something that you ain't never tasted before. Because mm -hmm. what they're, I think, what their plan was if they made it to the final round was to make a orange dream sickle, orange dream, orange like a dream sipping cream, you know. Yeah. yeah. So it worked out. You know, we uh we squeaked in there and we made it to that final round and. Uh, Luckily, we hit our proofs right on the money, uh, both rounds. Yeah. And, as, uh, as long as you get your pH right or your yeast will tolerate it, then, you know, you can ferment anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, you can ferment almost anything. So. Absolutely. Um, so what, uh, as far as a mixed drink, what do you guys enjoy, if you do at all? I'm a martini girl, but I mean, he's he's a what? What's that old fashioned? Maybe if you have uh, to do one. If I have to do he a mixed drink, like a mixed drink. If I go to a bar or a nice restaurant, we have a cocktail. I get scotch on the rocks. <laughs> Sounds like cocktail to me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm about ninety percent Scottish in my ancestry, so I, I love scotch, especially a single malt Highland Scott. You know, a Highland malt Scott. Um, I got some over here, Aberfeld, and I got a Highland Park 20-year-old and a Denston 12-year-old. I like scotch. I've never made a scotch, and I'm, I'm in the process of trying to figure out how to do that. That was but, my uh, question. When when you going to make one? Because, yeah. you know, you can't, yeah. can't enjoy something that much and not make one. Um, yeah. I'm got a buddy, try. JJ. I, I'm not a big scotch fan. Um, you know, not saying I won't drink it, you know. If it's in front of me, I'll drink it. But Do you, you like know. Irish whiskey? Yeah, a little bit, you know. I like that. I, I'm more of a clear brandy person, you know. I like mm. it clear. Yeah. And that's just me. Um, not, not just you. Not just, <laughs> yeah, it's like clear brandy. <laughs> me man. too. It's, it's just the way it is, you know. If, yeah. Single arm, infused. Um, I like it unaged. I'm just give me straight clear, 90 to 100 yep. proof in there. It's fine with me. Yeah, I like tasting and, it the way it coming right off the pipe, you know. Whether yeah. it's 135 or, or proof down, but I like it clear. Yeah. Believe it or not, she does too. I do now, too. I'm more of the other. I like, I like to tinker with the 
you know, experiment with the rapid aging. He likes to age. I put some in a barrel, but you know, it's hard to sit on that stuff for three or four years to move. <laughs> I mean, it's like, God, hurry up and wait. <laughs> hurry up and wait. Man, it's, yeah, hard to fill, it's hard to fill a barrel when it goes down two gallons for every three mm. I put in. <laughs> yeah, it's like, gosh, right. God, man. But if it was already in a barrel, I wouldn't have a problem not touching it. Yeah. I just I'm I'm take it somewhere like, Mom, put this in your garage, man. Like, hey, this has got to go over here so I can't just go out and taste it. I got to sample. I got to see how it is. Like, it's going to be different tomorrow than today, and I got to find out because I need to know. So, yeah. understandable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, so what? what's the smallest still you guys have ran, and what's the biggest one you've been either ran or been around running? I got to run a 250 gallon one one time. Nice. Uh, at a, you know, not run, you know, I guess you could say run it, not from start to finish. Apprenticing. But yeah. Apprent yeah. And, but the smallest. You got to touch it. You know, that's all that matters. You ran. You got to touch it. Yeah. You got to drink out well, of the end of it. It's all the same. I mean, if Jack you Daniels it, or Jim so. Beam or Maker's Mark said, Wow, Bill, you want to run this still? I guarantee I'm going to tell you. You know, I can run it. You, you might have it. to show me Anything. where the valves are to turn the steam jacks <laughs> on. But your belly will do it. You ain't Once show that heat is good, if you watch <laughs> that temperature gauge, or you feel that pot and that line arm and all that, when that slime gun starts getting hot, you can feel that liquor running through oh, yeah. there. And then mm -hmm. when it starts puking out that worm, you can adjust that heat by how fast you want that thing to flow. I mm -hmm. guarantee you, I can run it. But yeah. the smallest would be. Just what we got. All we got is a little fifteen gallon copper pot steel with a thumper and a worm on it. Five oh, yeah, gallons. Fancy. That's all you need. Fifteen gallons. I believe if you dropped me off in a distillery and I had no idea how to run it, somebody'd walk in and I'd be kicking jet burners underneath whatever still they had. <laughs> <laughs> I'd slide ten jet burners underneath the big steel. I wouldn't you know if I couldn't figure it out. I'm going to make it make liquor. I don't care, but I, yeah. I ended up figuring it out. So. Well, yeah, them heads are going to start off. coming off at about 165. You're going to still feel that stuff, you know, heating up. Oh, yeah. You keep adjusting that heat until you get it where you want it, and it's going to make alcohol. Yeah, and ignore your thermometers and use your senses. Yeah. That's that's how you run a still. Ignore that thermometer. It's just there to look at it to be pretty. <laughs> yeah. Run it, run it by your feel and what's coming out of the end. Now I've never run a, uh, I've never run anything stainless. Now, I've never run a column, you know, reflux column, none of that stuff. And that stuff, you know, if we get into the legal aspect of it, that's what we're going to have to do some investigating, see what's going to better suit our needs. Um, uh, we got to deal with the aspect of using city water. Yeah. When you're in a municipality, you you know, uh, we've always used spring water for our mash. Um, so I'm going to have to figure out, you know, the process of, you know, uh, getting city water, you know, to the point where you can use it to mash in. Um, uh, we've talked to a few people, you know, about that, um, filtration systems and all that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't have any doubts about as far as the process of running it and mashing yeah. in. That's all, so, you know, that's all riding a bike. It's everything. It's all the other bull crap you got to go through. You know, you got all the hoops. All you got to jump through this and that. Yeah. So. yeah. If you had uh, someone real green come up and ask you what the most important ingredient is in making liquor, what would you say? Their heart. 
ingredient. No, well, you got to have it in that's, your heart. That's, that's oh, you can talk If you want to do it, if you want to do it, you got to have it in you to do it. If you got it in you to do it, I'm not going to tell anybody per se exactly what to do because the best, that's like Big Easy said a minute ago, it's like riding a bike. When you first learn how to ride a bike, what do you do? You wreck every time you get on that bike. And you yep. get up, you grit your teeth, and you ride it again, you wreck again, and you finally, you, all of a sudden, you end up going down that hill, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're popping wheelies, and you're running, you know. So the best way, if somebody, I guess I'd say you got to have it in their heart, in your heart first, but the best ingredient, I would think, would be the water. You That's can't fair. use trashy water. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and, and that's it too. You know, there's a lot of people that get real discouraged real quick, you yeah. know, because, you know, it, just save for, you know, shits and giggles, it takes an average of five days to ferment something. Yeah. You know, if, if someone tries it three fucking times and fucks up all three times, that's yeah. three weeks of their life. Yeah. yeah. And they're going to be like almost yeah. wanting to throw it. And the that's towel. where the heart comes in. If you've got, if yep. you want to do it, you're going to do it. It's yeah, just like deer it. hunting. She don't, I mean, she'll go deer hunt with me sometimes, but she's not crazy about me. I'll sit in the woods for a week, not see nothing and freeze to death. But that one day he's going to walk out there. Mm -hmm. It's like fishing. We went fishing the other day, me and my brother-in-law and a buddy of mine, and we've been catching a lot of crappie, but we went the other day and this cold front come in and it changed everything. Well, it's like, y'all going to go fishing and it's cold and windy? Yeah, because you're not going to catch them here on the couch. Well, you're not going to make any whiskey by going online on YouTube and looking at most of these guys are putting two pounds of white sugar to every gallon of water where well, you yeah. ain't doing nothing but making sugar shine. If you putting cracked corn to it, if you yeah. don't steep that corn and you know, that's why that whiskey's hot when you drink it, it burns all the way down to your butthole. It's because they've overloaded it with sugar. So, you know, I don't use that much sugar. I'm more in line with, you know, um, quality instead of quantity. And, um, I mean, I do use white sugar a lot, but I don't use a whole bunch of it in my mash. Now, uh, yeah. what type of white sugar? Like, uh, you know, uh, just regular grain sugar because we can buy okay. it cheap. But you know, I use cane sugar a cane lot. Sugar use a lot of brown sugar and and uh, corn, corn sugar. sugar. Mm-hmm. Yep. See, I've never used corn sugar personally. <laughs> yeah, that makes pricey. the best. <laughs> it's just pricey. Corn sugar's pricey. Yeah. Well, I can get it for a little over a dollar a pound. It's like seventy-one dollars yeah. for fifty pounds. Yeah, that's about what we get it for up here. Yeah. Seventy bucks. Now, if you have to have it shipped now, it escalates. You know, it goes up to about. Oh yeah. Miles. But I got a buddy of mine that brings it to me. Yeah, we got a friend in Georgia. He brings it to us. So nice. he gets it from a place over in Chattanooga. We got to hook up. Chattanooga. I think that's where all us. We got. Yeah, we got brew stores. You can just yeah. go pick them up. That's where uh, Scott. Uh, what's his last name? Scott Moore, the so guy that I, I was on last year. Yeah. Asking me, like. Yeah. <laughs> I, and, uh, I don't remember names. When I found out he was from Tennessee, I knew I had to beat him. <laughs> had to win. <laughs> yeah. I had to. Which, if he hears this, he'll be jumping on me here in a minute. But uh, He'd be all right. He's a good guy. <laughs> I'm sure your phone's already blowing up. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I start talking, shit comes out. So yeah. That's that's a normal. Everybody knows. It's all good fun, though. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Then we got some friends that live up there that do grains and stuff like that. We get some grains from, but uh, believe it or not, a lot of times, you know what I tell people, the easiest way to make a corn mash is just go get cornflake cereal. See, I never mess with that. Well, when you look on the box, I eat half the cornflakes. 
when you look on the box, it's already, you know, the ingredients, malted corn and malted barley extract. It's already malted. It's already been heated up. You don't have to steep it. You don't have to do anything. And you don't have to use as much of it because it's already been malted and flaked and it's got, you know, some sugar added to it. That's where you get that sweetness and all that. There, so, it did you all know, the work for you. Yeah, yeah, right. That's the easiest way, you know. It's like the hell with all that letting corn, you know, steeping oh, it overnight and all that and cornmeal corn and stuff is like my that. nightmare. Having to strain that off, cornmeal. Oh, don't come at me with cornmeal every time he wants to do a cornmeal mash. I'm just about to cringe because I'm the one that cleans up the mash. It's a mess. Yeah, we were on some raisin brand cereal one day and uh, believe it or not, it came out it just did. as good as a single malt barley. It was good. Oh, Try nice. that, Sean. Huh. Raisin brand cereal. Yep. You try it in a five-gallon bucket. Just try, <laughs> just be careful on your sugar. You know, check your gravity. So, Put a little I, warm I, water to it and check your gravity because it's got a lot of sugar in it and it's already malted. Yeah. So, uh, not to change the subject or nothing, but he said, uh, where's that? There you go. He said, try a five-gallon bucket. I cannot ferment anything in a five-gallon bucket to save my ass. When I went from, from five-gallon to 50, worked fucking great. Don't know why. I mean, I'd have fucking, you know, eight buckets and fucking two of them would be done and the other six would still be fucking working. But the five-gallon bucket thing hair-lipped you. It's probably, got yeah. to do with, uh, it's probably got to do with the air. That small, that small area. Yep. Uh, it might have been, it, it was probably this guy. You think? I do. I really do. <laughs> Probably forgot okay. to put you in half of them. You know. <laughs> like, ah, I don't know about all that, well, but this was a great time. You know, we're coming up on an hour. Uh, Wild Bill, yeah. Rachel, it was the it quickest was an hour ever. It goes quick. Like you don't oh, realize how cool. how quick an hour goes by until you sit down and. And like, especially for me, you know, just listen, listening to you guys talk is amazing to me. Like, that's, I enjoyed you boys. Y'all were fun. That's why I come here every Monday. So, <laughs> except last Monday. Um, so that's my fault. Wondering. <laughs> there we go. I was waiting for you to take ownership. Yeah. Uh, but I guess we're coming back Saturday, eight o'clock in the morning. Is, is yep. that what it is, Sean? Yes, sir. Sean, I With, think Sean uh, is like, he knows it's the day after St. Patty's Day. And. <laughs> And there's going to be green alcohol flowing, and he wants to be up at seven thirty to podcast. Yep, with so, uh, Trey Trey Butler of uh, Dalton Distillery. If cool. I'm still drunk, I'll Georgia. Understand yep. why? Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, while Bill and Rachel, man, it was it was a pleasure. It was an honor to have you here. We appreciate you guys sitting the down. Pleasure was all Tell us about your experiences and and your moonshine life. So um, you ever want to come back on? Get with Sean. He'll put you All on the right, schedule. Anytime, yeah. brother. We're 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 uh we're anytime. We'd 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 be honored. We're just tickled to death to be here. Well, until next time, we'll see y'all at uh, Hillbilly Jam. Okay. We'll be there, brother. Good Lord yep. willing. Sounds see like you at a the jam this summer. Yeah. Can't wait. Thanks, guys. Right. Have a good well, night. You too. Shine on. Shine, Shine on. on. Keep it real, man. <laughs>